There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big Mm -hmm. abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the... Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn podcast. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am clone number 47, Jay. Ooh, 47, a mm-hmm. medium model. Yeah, he, yeah, an interviewer. <laughs> Interview model, there we go. Have you ever uh, listened to that intro before? It just seems like you've never heard it before. Like I love it every time. Oh, because I was dancing? Yeah. I. So this is all time travel, podcast time travel, uh, but... I was dancing last night too, and he. I'm glad I had him muted uh, for a previous interview because he was laughing the whole time. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but no, I love it. It gets you in the mood. It gets you in the motions to it do this stuff. It does. It gets the blood flowing. But speaking of interviews, Jay, yes. we are not alone tonight. That's correct. We are going to be joined by Patreon member Lori. Hello, Lori. Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm doing great. Uh, so. W- we kind of start talking because you had some encounters, joined our Patreon, and me and you have been talking through the Patreon about them uh, for, for a while now. It's been, what, a month and a half-ish? Yeah, I checked it. It was like end of February. So yeah, I guess it's it's May in like two weeks. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, podcast time travel. It's May right now. Woo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Twilight Zone. But no, so uh, me and you have talked about your encounters in their... Very interesting because we did an episode about stuff and we're, I'm, I, if you can tell, I'm kind of dancing around what about, I think it is. About stuff. But the, I think the listeners will know here in a little bit, but I don't want to put, uh, I don't like putting out what I think stuff is beforehand. Right. You don't put their thought or thoughts, My in, thoughts their in their head. Yeah. 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 So if you could, we're just going to get hand it over to you and let you start telling the start of your encounters and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Um, well, um, I think it's a little story, but it's a story I've never, um, I've never been able to reconcile in my head. And so, um, when, you know, when you asked me if I had anything I wanted to talk about, I brought this up because, um, it's, it's just stayed with me. And so in, um, uh, 2009, early, early spring of 2009, I moved into a <clears throat> condo complex. It was pretty big, like 300 units or something like that. I was just renting uh, a little um, efficiency in there, sort of in my journey and travels of life. But uh, most of those units were owned 
Um, but anyway, I moved in there and when you pull, when you pulled into the driveway, you kind of went up a little hill and then turned to the right that curved around and went into these garage, the, the garages. And I had a garage spot. Um, and, and so that was kind of a daily occurrence of, of going that way. And it wasn't until probably late summer that I actually noticed um, because if you kept going past where those you pulled into the garages, there was parking for other cars. And then there was a little yard and then beyond that was a tree line. But late, late that summer, I just happened to look over and notice that there was a little trail, just a little break on those trees that looked like a trail. And I, it, it was small, but I grew up, you know, I grew up hiking. Um, my family and I went, you know, around the United States hiking every summer and mountains and all that kind of stuff. So I've always liked it. And I just spotted that little break in the trees and thought I would go investigate. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so went home, changed my clothes, came back out and found that that was indeed a trail. And it was um, not just kind of strange, but it wasn't, it was just dirt. It wasn't anything to look at. Um, but it was kind of intriguing. And so it went, so it would be heading north. You, it was on the east side of the property and you walk along the trail, head north, and then it just starts to curve around real gradually around the back of that building. But it also kind of went up, on, went up a little bit, almost like a ridge. Because when you when you turn that curve and started going west, um, on the on the right hand side, it just dropped straight down like a, a ravine, um, real steep. And and in in this you know in the spring. Well, no, sorry, in the fall that was clear enough that you could see past that ravine and, and back of people's houses, you know, quite a ways, but still. So anyway, follow the, follow the trail. You're kind of up high and, um, and then it sort of swoops down. And I would say this trail is only about a mile. <laughs> um, and, and it would, it came out into another, um, part of of that neighborhood, residential neighborhood, out onto the street. Just really not a whole lot to it. Um, when you got farther on the west side, there was this little mossy. I call it a mossy pond. I suppose moss isn't really the right word. Um, green. Right. Algae, maybe. Yeah, algae. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so there was like a little pond there, and there and it looked like, you know, years ago, maybe something had been started with this trail because um, there was a little stand and, and one of those, um, I don't know what they're called, you know, it was like a little pictograph in, in uh, plexiglass yeah. that sort of said something about the wildlife. Mm. Okay. Okay. So it was just, just odd, you know, but um, I, I, 
thought, well, you know, it's a place to go to once in a while. Um, nothing, you know, nothing long, but if I just wanted after work or something to go take a walk, I would go back there. So, you know, and I did, um, and, um, it wasn't until maybe five or six times in of walking that trail that I just started feeling like there was something in here <laughs> and, and it was, it was just sort of pecking away at my mind, you know, I don't know, but I continued to go back in there and, um, one day I, I came in and when I talked about where that gradually curved there, there was a big tree there. It was a huge tree and, and it had those kind of roots that came up, poked up through the ground and kind of went across the trail a little bit. Mm -hmm. But when I got, when I got to that spot on this particular day, I was just, I was just hit with this, this, something talking to me. It wasn't, I wasn't hearing somebody talking to me. I wasn't, um, hearing a different voice. I wasn't hearing my voice. It was just like this message. I don't even know how to describe it. More of a, would it be more, sorry to interrupt you, but more of like a feeling or intent maybe. Well, yeah. How do you explain that you heard a message, but you don't know how you heard it? Yeah, I don't. That's a hard one, but I know I I get what you're trying to say, but it's it's very hard to explain. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just no, no. That I mean, if, if see, this is why I you know like I just this is stuck with me. But anyway, yeah. so the message I heard, this is what I heard, and it felt like. Um, something very, um, it felt like whatever was giving me this message was something that was very nervous. Like, it was like, I got to get this message to you. I got to tell you this, that, um, you're not to take anything out of here. You're not to take any memorabilia, like people collect stones or sticks or whatever. Just like, don't take anything with you. You can come in here, but don't take anything. And, um, so I, I, um, I did abide by that. I, um, thought that I was just making up a story in my head and, um, and so I would say maybe three or four more times taking a walk through there, I, you know, kept to the rule, <laughs> even though I kind of thought it was stupid. Um, but I'll be honest with you. I have since then, I have never, ever taken anything from any trail or lakeside or anything ever again. I've never touched, I've never taken anything home. Um, not even a leaf. And I tell my grandchildren, they better ask before they take stuff home. And it's really funny because because they don't question me on that. They just be like, I say, you better ask before you take those stones. And then we get to the car and they've got stones in their pocket. And I said, did, do you, did you ask? And, and they go, yep. 
and that's the end of the conversation. So it's kind of funny, but, um, anyway, so, um, I would say it was about four or five, like I said, four or five more times of walking in there. And I got closer, I got way closer to that West end. And I noticed that there's stacks of, uh, fresh pine. Um, they're building a, a little, um, a little bridge and a little boardwalk over on that side um, of, of that trail. And it was in progress. I mean, it was just started, but um, um, I, you know, that was the day that, you know, I noticed that I turned around, started heading home and I started feeling like something was behind me. And, and, um, it just felt kind of uncomfortable, not threatening, but behind me and enough to say that I would turn around, look, because I, I was just sure something was behind me, but nothing was behind me. And, um, it was uncomfortable enough that that I didn't go back for a while. I just thought that I'm being stupid, that stupid message, this stupid feeling, this is ridiculous. This is just a little bitty trail behind my apartment complex um, in the middle of residential neighborhood. I mean, just like what could possibly be there? So I waited a couple of weeks and thought, well, okay, now you're going to stop being stupid. You're just going to go take another walk. And um, so I did, and I got towards that west end, and more progress had been done on that bridge. And um, it looked real nice, you know, but um, it it was being torn up a little bit. You know, the ground was being torn up. And Anyway, so got to that end, turned around to go back home, and and there's that presence again. Something behind me, only this time, something behind me was, you know, I could feel anger. I could feel like I was not welcome at all. And so I just kind of started walking a little faster, and it kept, you know, I just, it was like pressure. And, um, I, at one point turned around and went, you know, like, I don't have anything in my hands. I didn't take anything, but I don't feel like this, whatever this was, was the same thing as whatever gave me that message. I think they're two different. They were two different things. Whatever gave me that message was not angry, threatening, you know, um, so it just kept up so bad that I started running and I, you know, got out of there and I never went back ever. Hmm. Amazing. I, so we talked about this and after hmm. you first told me this and I know that's me dropping my phone, not Jay the, for one time, <laughs> uh, but that's your first time hearing that, right? Yeah, it is, I yeah. try not to tell you anything about her encounter beforehand. Right. It screams of a certain type of entity, and and we did an episode for you about it. Uh, so everybody at home, you know, I feel this is very fey folk. This is extremely fey folk. So that's if you don't mind, we'll kind of go through each encounter separately. 
so let's yeah. let's start with that first voice or I know it's not a voice per se, but that first feeling, that first encounter with whatever is in, in this woods. Uh, you said nervous and a warning, but not as in like a, in, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, but not like a threat warning, like a, you know, like a, just somebody saying, hey, you know, kind of watch out, don't do this. Yeah, more, yeah, more so like I'm trying to help you. Right. And there are, so when we did that Fae Folk episode on the main page, uh, we kind of went through what most people believe the different types are, and there are, now I should have had it pulled up in front of me, but there are types that are very positive towards humans or very neutral towards humans, and then there's other types that are very negative towards humans, which with what we believe the Fae Folk are would make sense, you know. Uh, so this first thing is like, hey, you know, don't pick stuff up. That is such a common thing across the planet for areas that people will say are haunted or cursed or whatever. And I don't think it is. I think it's these type of entities uh, where you take their stuff, they're not happy about it, you know, uh, or you ask like ask permission and stuff like that. Uh, we talked about the Hawaiian the Hawaiian Islands with the rocks, and we've talked about uh, there's that ghost town out in nevada that has the same thing happening that there was if you take stuff the same thing you have these very negative so whatever this thing is that was warning you seemed to at least have some kind of positive view of you enough to give you a warning yes and i i think it was trying i think the message was that we don't this is all we have left and it wasn't mm. very much you know like there just wasn't this tiny little wooded area, um, and and maybe at one, you know, that's what I don't understand. I mean, you kind of shed some light on on it, um, but I just feel like it was trying to tell me just to you can be here, but just don't touch anything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so what we were talking about off air was that there's just, there's not a lot of true wild spaces left or old forests left in the U.S., you know, especially on this side of the country, you know, you go way out west and stuff like that, you know, you can still find some old forests with some trees. So we talked about uh, forest kings and devil trees, uh, me and you did personally. So both of those, devil trees and forest kings are super, devil trees are a little different, but they're kind of associated with the spiritual world. Uh, but forest kings are these super ancient old trees. And fae folk are associated with these. Like, it's their home. It's a piece of them. So when they start losing these forest trees, or these forest kings, uh, it's basically like losing your house. Even though there's all these trees that are in this woods, but it's all young growth. It's all new growth. You know, so a part, an important thing of your story is that you passed a giant old gnarled tree. Yeah, And I didn't know that when we first talked. I described you kind of, remember we were talking on the Patreon and I was like, you know, Forest Kings are these really big, most of the time they're gnarled, you know. And you're like, well, there was a really big gnarled tree on the trail. Uh, you had, you yeah. had to walk over its roots. Mm -hmm. So this may be like you felt the last area for this, whatever group of these e entities are. You know, this is it. You know, there's there's houses all around, suburbs, they ain't got nothing else. You know, they can't go over the asphalt. What do you think about that? Well, I honestly, I think it's amazing because, 
you know, when you sit and think about something over and over again for a good long many years, um, the only answer you have for yourself is that you made it all up Uh, or, or, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to say that that I kept telling myself that, Mm -hmm. but I knew it wasn't true. I didn't make it up, you know? So, but I had no idea what I was, I didn't know what I was encountering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, who, who would, if you would have talked to me two years ago, I would have had no idea what you encountered. Yeah. Uh, but and, and then I, you know, the other question is, and why did I hear that message? And you know, have other people, or did you know, like, you know, why did I hear it? Because I, I think there were other people that walked on that trail. Not very many. I think now, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> fourteen years later, they do. But I don't think at the time there were very many people back there. And I'm so for that, and I'll give you a chance to speak, Jay. Sorry. No, I'm just uh, listening on this one. For that, I would say that it's really about how open you are to these encounters and these entities. You know, if that would have happened to me 10 years ago, I would have paid no mind to it. I'd have just been like, I feel weird today, and that's it. You know, if that would have happened to me today, I would be like, okay, there's something here that's hmm. having, you know, expressing feelings. You'd be looking for a mushroom to talk to. I would to. be, and I'd save that for the end. You always do this to me. Well, you know why. It's, it's, you got it. But uh, no, so I really think it kind of falls into that category that people, other people may have experienced a very similar phenomena, but you can write it off. And there's plenty of people to that sentiment you just said a minute ago how you try to tell yourself that, you know, no, I'm crazy, I didn't experience this. That is expressed through the UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings, other weird entities, ghosts, everybody that experiences something paranormal. At some point, I most, I, 99% of the people will say, no, I didn't. I, you know, they'll try to tell themselves, no, I didn't have this experience. I did for years. When I, you know, I had my Bigfoot encounter, I did for years I wouldn't like no I didn't have a you know it was something else it had to be but you know nothing else fit so I'm going to assume that other people may have felt the same presence felt these same energies and if they weren't open to it or they never got to a spot where they could look back at it with a more open mind they may have just always read it off as I had a weird day that was it nothing more and you know they kind of walk a different trail then Mm-hmm. You know, you you like uh, it. It happens. I think this is a thing that I think happens with all the paranormal, whether it's cryptid, UFO, ghost, whatever. It happens more often than people realize, and it's because of that that pe- most yeah. people have a kind of general encounter, and they're like, "Okay, I didn't have that. Right, I'm done." You know, it's it didn't happen. I just it was a deer. It was the book just fell off the shelf. You know, it's it's all this stuff you can write it off as so that's a really long way of answering your question or that statement is yes i do think other people probably had the same encounters as you but they maybe never took the time to reflect upon those encounters i am just feel like it was so powerful that it um it affected me going forward yeah it you know it changed how i looked at nature and I was always very respectful to begin with, but 
you know, pick up a stone or a stick or something, you know, didn't seem to bother me at the time, but now I can't do it. Mm. And I really think it's just in certain areas. I don't think there's a lot of areas for them left. But yeah, I mean, it happens. There's all these stories from around the world of people literally picking up rocks and, you know, having constant trouble till they return the rock. Or, and we won't name, there are certain entities we will not name that if you take their picture, bad stuff happens after if you don't ask for permission. You know, if you you if you talk about them by name, bad stuff happens if you don't ask for permission. You're talking about me, right? Yeah, it's you. <laughs> uh, but there's this isn't as uncommon as the world wants wants to make it out to be, in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying that every little park in the whole U.S. has these fey folk type entities in it. And if you take a rock from there, you know, they're going to follow you home, whatever. But I do think there are areas that they still exist. And this is a prime example of it. And you've had at least two different what you feel in, once again, don't want to put words in your mouth, but what you feel two different entities in the same space. Oh, totally. And, and, and bigger, um, you know, like the nervous, whatever was smaller there, you know, I think it was, I was, if I was, if I was to say size wise, it was not as big as, you know, tall as me, but this other thing was huge, whatever it was. And honestly, I think it was, I think there was a lot of anger it wasn't necessarily directed at me personally. I think that anger and that threatening was because of, of that building of the, you know, the, the city coming in and putting yes. in, you know, tearing up the ground and stuff. Mm. So before, cause I think you're right. But before we move on to that, Jay, do you have anything to add for that first encounter with the nervous entity? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would just be curious to know what that feeling is like to be communicated with <clears throat> when it's not like an audio, you know, cue or something. Just kind of a, that feeling we were talking about earlier. Almost like a download. It's kind of, it's, it's, you know, it's just like, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's a piece of information. Uh, and that may lend credit to my idea later. Which I, I think I stumbled upon. Yeah. But so this... I, I I wish I could tell you, I, you know, like, I don't know how to explain it. It right. wasn't a, vo- it wasn't a voice. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hear a voice. I didn't hear myself talking. Mm-hmm. I uh, heard. Oh, I think a I, message. I think I understand what you're saying. I think I just myself want to experience it as well. So just to get that experience to go through it, just like you did, I guess it, that oh. would, that just piques my curiosity. At least the first one. Yeah, yeah, the first one. Not the not the second guy. Not the get out guy. <laughs> but so speaking of him, so this first encounter, like he said, you know, with him or it, whatever, you know, I say him, but, uh, you know, very aggressive or not aggressive is not the word, angry, like you said, angry and just kind of this general feeling. And people, when they have encounters with the Fae, they kind of describe him as the emotions that they present to people are extremely basic and exaggerated. So what that means is that it's not like complex, like to us, that the, what they what they present to us isn't complex emotion. It's anger. But when it's presented as anger, 
it's very exaggerated anger. When it's uh. when it's fear, it's very exaggerated fear. When it's you know it's but they don't do these inter you know humans have a very wide range of intermixing emotions, and it may just be one of those things that's lost in translation, where these entities just can't do that to us. You know they may have these complex emotions, but they they can't get that point across. But they can be like, I'm angry. Here's this feeling. Here's this. Get out. Move. Leave. So when you have this first encounter with the much more angrier spirit or entity or, or fey folk, it's around this bridge construction. And you are yeah. definitely not the first person in the U.S. ever to report that. That uh, especially park like there's been parks and stuff like that that have had no fey folk activity, no haunting. And this, you know, the fey folk and hauntings kind of interlock a lot of times. You know, very similar kind of ac- activities. Mm-hmm. There's, and they almost always spike up though around construction, around you know, especially fey folk tearing up the environment. I've been around city workers. Uh, you know, they planted a tree in my front yard a couple of years back, and they tore up half the yard to plant one tree. Yeah, you know, it's you know, they don't really a lot of, and that's not all city workers, but you know. Uh, who am I? Who am I going to pick on? We have a lot of city worker listeners. Yeah, I don't know where you're oh, going with this. I wanted to pick on one of them in particular: fire hydrant inspectors, for example. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but well, you know, they're bringing in a backhoe yeah. and they're, you know, leveling, digging up ground, and and there's, you know, worms and bugs and stuff that get crushed. I, I mean, I get that. It looks, you know, it's a scar. It, Yes, trees trees are knocked down or bushes are knocked down mm-hmm. and you know I I think that's where that's I'm sure that's that's the angry part. I'm sure of it. And then this the, the did you have anything to add for that first one before I move on? Mm-hmm. No, keep going. Keep going. So that second one, the second time you experienced the much angrier entity uh, the bridge construction was much farther along. I'm sure they tore up more stuff. If it's around water too, soil and stuff mixing with water, from my personal experience, is is very bad for wildlife. Uh, it chokes fish out. It kills fish eggs, kills bug eggs. So even though it's a very macro or micro scale of you know construction, it's still like you said, it's still it's still killing stuff. It's still disrupting this environment. And these entities, I fully believe, are in tied into their environment. So it's not just that, like, hey, you came into my living room and you're breaking up my living room. It's almost like you're actually attacking a piece of them. Yeah. You know, and of course you're going to react very angry. Yeah. And it followed you out, or you felt like it was following you out. It's just angry spirit. or Escorted you. Yeah. Yeah, the first time it was just following. Yeah, the second time it was like, you know, get the... Out. You know, it was like, there's the door and go now, you know. Mm. <clears throat> and I, 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 I was, uh, I had not, uh, well, a couple thoughts are coming in my head. Sorry, I was nope. like throwing them in there all at the same time. Um, first of all, when you did the Fay Folk episode, mm-hmm. and I listened to that, it it did very much make sense. Um, but you talked about Dobby on um, Harry Potter, <laughs> <Yeah>. and I, 
when you talked about Dobby, I sort of, you know, smacked my head because I feel like that is what, that's, that is so perfect for that nervous, you know, thing that I, that gave me that message. It it was like Dobby. It, It was so... It, it was so surprising to me that I hadn't thought of that because I hadn't ever thought of that. And I think a lot of the European fae folk legends, so there's people get mixed up in their heads, and we covered it in that episode, but that fairies, fae folk, aren't always small. There's a, there's a big variety. And I think, like you're saying, that Dobby energy, that it's a very small creature, it's timid, it's very nervous in its behaviors and mannerisms, but they're like trolls are a part of fae folk in Europe. These big, monstrous, aggressive creatures are a part of the fae folk. Uh, so it doesn't have to be just this like like fairies. That's what I guess I'm getting at. Is it doesn't have to be what everybody thinks of like a pixie or you know like Tinkerbell. And there there certainly are those type. But there are also, you know, the ogres. There's also these big creatures in the Dobbies. So that's very interesting. And then I believe, was that under, that was under House Elf, right? What do you mean? When we did, like, House house Fairy, for when we did the Fae Folk episode. Oh, shoot. And, we, and I think that's You're one of right. the types that... I think so. Uh, like humans. That's one of the types that kind of came along with humans. And humans could invite them, in, like invite them to come along with you know North America and stuff like that. So it would make sense of it trying to give you a heads up, like, hey, there's somebody else that lives back in here, yeah, and he don't take so kindly to stuff going missing. Yeah. And then a little right. bit later, they put a bridge up in his front yard. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I did look back and try to find some history of the land and there isn't um there's a lot about when you know the it's close to the mississippi there you know the trading and and railroad and is is kind of you know it's hard to go way farther back um but certainly there was it was um uh, uh inhabited by indigenous peoples um not very far from a pretty good sized lake, but that's easy to stay in <clears throat> where I live. But um, I did um, I did find out that at one point there were some bootleggers in the 1920s that um, hid some gold um, near that lake, which was only about a mile from this mm-hmm. this trail, and. Um, and that, uh, and they called it a, they called it a mini gold rush. That so many people were coming out trying to find that gold. Wow. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's just it's always been a source of contention around there. I don't. I you know I don't know. I think there are spots in the U.S. specifically that are like that that have uh, anchor points or whatever you want to call them, where there are strange happenings more common than not. Where the ley lines cross? No, don't even get me on that. Uh, no, but you know, there's the big famous ones like the Bridgewater Triangle and stuff like that. Uh, but I think there are much more common, smaller ones to where they kind of pop up. We had David on a couple months ago, and his little area of Indiana definitely seems to be one 
where, you know, different members of his family have all seen different things. And I definitely think that kind of can bump into Faye and her dimension. I think they're pretty interconnected in ways that we don't understand. Not saying they're all the same thing, but when these areas kind of crop up, that there's often other phenomena being presented with this same thing. Uh, did you have something? Sorry. So are they earthbound? You know, you guys talk a lot about portals. Um, you know, uh, it, it's why I said to you one time, why don't they just go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. You it, know, if it's... And if we're talking... So why I think uh, a lot of these ones are tied to stuff. Like, they're more... Well, I don't want to give it away, but I think everybody already, home already knows. Uh, they're much more, some of these types of entities are much more landlocked than others. They have to stay in a spot, like for example, the Brown Mountain Lights. We don't know what they are. Nobody knows what they are. But they're seen almost every night, all year round. Different people, cops, uh, there's been physicists that went up there and seen them. So we know that there are orbs that show up on Brown Mountain, North Carolina, and they're locked to one spot, like in one little area, and they don't leave, but nobody can explain the phenomena. So I think some of these phenomena are definitely tied to certain areas. Specifically, some of these uh, woodland fey folk or the wood fey folk are tied to these trees, are tied to these old anchor points, whether it's a home or maybe something that we can't quite understand it being very, you know, we're very physical beings. So is it because that they're on a different plane that they have to have a physical tie-in and these trees, these old trees may be their physical tie-in. So it's not that they can't leave. It's not like it's a house. It's an actual chunk of them. It's an actual hmm. piece that they can't just walk away from. And that's why they get extremely aggressive. Uh, there are in England, there are still little tiny patches of woods and there's uh, not even woods of wild that are fenced in because of the amount of, Fay or paranormal activity they have. Hmm. That anytime people like uh, there's, I can't remember the one in England, but there's literally a little fenced in grass knoll in England that you can't get into in in London uh, that has Fay folk activity. And they just, every time somebody tried to do something there, something horrible happened. So they just put a fence around it. Like, all right, it's theirs. <laughs> and it's, bec- if it's, is that because there's an actual thing that he, he whatever that thing is, can't leave. So he's got to defend himself. And I think that, to me, that's what makes a lot of sense about some of these fey folk encounters, or what we call the fey folk, that when they lash out super aggressively or they do this, you know, it's because it's not a house like us, you know. It's maybe an actual chunk of their being, and they just can't up and leave a chunk of themselves. So they have to defend. They have to be scary. They have to affect machinery, drain batteries. They have to make being in their area really bad just a kind of a defense mechanism. I don't know what you feel about that. Well, um, uh, all I know is that the bridge continued to be built and they, um, uh, made some steps going down so you could go up and down that ravine. Um, so you know, the trail was widened. Um, the area, you know, part of that ravine was made into more trail. 
So, I mean, that definitely went forward. I, and I could only find that online. I, I, I didn't, I've never gone back, never gone back there. I don't blame you. Right. Uh, not to say that thing is dangerous or anything like that, but you know, you had a very personal, scary encounter. This, you know, you, like you said, you kept having to turn around and say, I don't have anything. Like, leave me alone. You know, that's, that's saying something to have that kind of presence behind you, trailing you out, you know. And I think a lot of times these guys are the losers in these battles. You know, I think there's less and less of them. I think uh, it's a phenomenon that is disappearing. And that's the stuff like the Bridgewater Triangle. The only reason the Bridgewater Triangle is still there is because it's in the middle of one of the worst swamps on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So literally the environment itself isn't good for humans. So we kind of walked around it, you know, so it's just, it's horrible. And if you look at some of the other areas in the U.S., it's it's a very similar thing. Like the Alaskan Triangle, everybody's obsessed with triangles. But yeah. the Alaskan Triangle is literally the part of Alaska that nobody wants to live in. Uh, so it's, that's why maybe there's much more paranormal, you know, stuff because humans don't want to be there, you know. So they're mm-hmm. still able to exist in some in some fashion. So I, I had this other little little thing happen about a year before mm-hmm. that. Um, and again, really, this is even crazier, I think, than my last story. But um, I um, worked in a little office and had a corner table or a corner desk that was built into the wall. So one side was wall. The other side was window, big window from the edge of the desk up to the ceiling. Really nice. And it was like a little office park. So the the groomed grass went sort of went to, you know, down a hill. And then it looked out over this. I called it the glade, but I just gave it a name. Um, it was, again, just this little area of trees and swampy kind of stuff in the middle of you know, inner, uh, highways and, and buildings and stuff. Um, but it was, it was kind of pleasing, you know, to look out over that area because you would see birds and, and, um, stuff at times. But, um, one, one day I was eating my lunch at my desk and I looked out, this was late spring. So it was warm. Um, and it was a sunny day. And so I'm eating my lunch. I, I'm looking out that window over the glade and there were some birch trees. I, I think they were birch trees, not good on my trees, but, um, not very big around, not like a human being could go behind this particular tree and clearly be visible, you know, um, could not hide behind it is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm chomping away on my lunch, looking out, and all of a sudden from one of those thin birch trees, something <laughs> something leaned back 
like I could see from like, you know, waist up, you know, shoulder, uh, head and sort of like what I saw was like this sort of pointy chin and nose, light, light hair and maybe light clothing, white Mm -hmm. clothing. I don't know. Um, but it, it leaned back and it kind of looked over towards the building. I don't think it was particularly looking at me. I don't know. Um, and then it, and then it just went back it, 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 and disappeared. So what, what the <laughs> hey was that? Like, I don't uh, know, but I would have not been happy. But it was like, it was almost like it was the tree or it was part of the tree because it didn't, you know, it just like leaned back and turned and looked over and then went back into the tree. And so I bring this up because this, this kind of stuff we're talking about yeah. here, but, but that one really like, did I, did I see something or did I make that one up too? Mm. Personally, I don't think you've made anything up. Right, yeah. Because uh, I think the world is a weirder place than anybody really wants to give it credit for. Uh, but you wrote that one down, and I, I guess I just never got the picture in my head fully of what you experienced. Uh, that almost sounds like out west, and it's called the hide behind. And it's kind of, I don't want to ruin a future episode topic, but the Ohio stick man, but out west is called the hide behind. And they call it How the hide, like hide, and then behind. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. What they, they call it that is because literally it hides behind trees, cactuses, and follows people around. And it has it's a very long, tall, skinny humanoid. It'll literally yeah. it'll put its arms up and like look. It'll be right behind tr- very, very thin trees. And that's what it sounds like. And then everybody kept like. That's what it does is it peeks around and that's when people catch it is because it gets impatient or whatever. Whether it's looking at the parking lot to make sure nobody's out and about and it wants to move or, you know, whatever. Like it, like you said, it may not have been looking right at you. You know, it may have just kind of been like, are people out? Okay, I got to stay here. But that's out west and Ohio has something called the stick man, which is another very similar thing. This very, uh, we have a, not an eyewitness, but an investigator coming on in a couple months that they have a witness that's seen it behind a stop sign. Literally this like 10, 12 foot tall entity was all folded up behind a stop sign. And then they seen it come out and go back in. And that's what they do is they kind of crunch themselves up behind to fit these shapes. Very odd entity. And whether that's a fey folk, whether that's something else completely, who knows? But that's when you told me that. That's kind of what the image I got in my head. Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's just crazy. I mean, it. Yeah, and it. It's a very. There's mixed opinions on the entity specifically, whether it's a positive, neutral, or negative entity. You know, everybody's got. What do they say? What are her opinions like? Buttholes. Oh yeah, everybody's got one, and they all stink. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's. It's it's just weird because I never got that picture. I guess when you wrote it down, because you know that's when you wrote it. You know, reading something is different than actually having the person tell you the story and whatnot. Yeah. But that's kind of what it immediately made me think of is the hide behind. 
or huh. si- similar things to that, and that's weird. Whether it's a fae folk and that's just kind of how they present themselves, who knows? But I don't know if I'd have been. I don't know if I'd have been working there anymore. You spit your salad out. I'd have been like, yeah, all right. Well, I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to go home and I'm not coming back here. <laughs> really? Because you know what? That didn't scare me. Well, then it's probably not that it's a negative entity, but just with my personality. Because <laughs> oh, okay. it just, you know, I don't trust paranormal entities as far as I can throw them and you can't catch them. So, yeah. Uh, no. If you can't shoot it. Yeah, if you, that's my that's my rule. Is if, if I don't think if I shoot it with a gun and it doesn't hurt it, I don't want to be around it. I'm not saying I would ever <laughs> shoot something. I'm just saying I like being on uh, the similar playing field. Right. Uh that's a really weird one though. And then the pointed the po- you said pointed chin? Pointy. It was like pointy features. Uh and you know, old Old depictions of elves and stuff like that, like not like Santa Claus's elves, but actual fey folk elves have that kind of, kind of like uh, almost like a moonish head, you know, or the the crescent moon head. Uh, yeah. And so, but so do witches. So do, you know, there's a lot of paranormal entities that kind of get that shape, whether that's just humans wanting them to be that shape, because that's what we think's creepy, or you know whatever. That's an interesting one. Now, what do you think these things are? You, you may not have an answer. You know, we've only talked very limited about this. But do you have well, any opinion of what you may think these entities are that you experienced? I think that after listening to the Fay Folk episode, that it fits very well with the experience on that trail. Mm-hmm. Um. So I would agree with that, but I had not been able to formulate that myself in my head because I kept thinking I made it up. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't make it up. I knew I didn't make it up, and I kept having this battle. So um, what that thing was in in the glade, I don't know. I guess I kind of thought maybe that was fey folk. Mm hmm but before you know before because they're they were about a year apart you know the the pointy thing behind the tree what happened a year about a year before me going and finding that trail oh so that happened first yes okay i had it backwards in my own head yeah okay that's interesting so I always I, I kind of thought, oh well, you know, it's that was what you know, like they come out of trees or whatever. And they <laughs> so, people say they do. <laughs> you know, um, and whatever in the trail, I I guess I never really put a thought to it, but I think what I I think I agree with you. Oh, you think you agree with me, huh? That's scary. Yeah, that's bad. No, no, well, I'm, I'm just picking else, on you. I've, what else could it have been then? You so know, I, like... I think it is Faye. You know, immediately after hearing your story, your encounters, it screams Faye folk. It screams different, you know, aspects from different stories I've heard, different encounters I've heard. Uh, you had several prolonged encounters. 
I personally, I I go that the fae folk are actually uh, fungal colonies, and that this is their this is their consciousness expressing itself. That's why it's so alien to us. That's why they have so much trouble expressing emotions that we can understand. So that's why they go with these extremes. Uh, that's why they're tied to these areas. Literally, fungal colonies are intertied with roots net- networks of these ancient old trees. Uh, they're tied into the ground. They're tied into the bugs. They're tied into everything. So when you come in and start doing construction, not only are you hurting the environment, you're literally hurting them. You're destroying chunks of them. That And that's they lash out. And I've, there's more and more studies with fungus intelligence and these, the fungus with the paranormal. And the weird thing with fae folk is since fae folk have been a thing in recorded history, they've been associated with mushrooms. They've been associated with mushroom circles. You know, literally, mushroom circles are called fairy rings. So, so, so what you're saying is this is totally naturally occurring. I, I personally think what is happening is that it is. It's a fungus that... It's a fungus that is conscious in a different level than we are. And that they're, this is how they express to us, you know, think about how alien a, a mushroom is to a human. You know, extremely, extremely alien. Even though we're both from Earth, we're both, you know, we're both here. We both share the same environment, but we're extremely, extremely alien. This is them expressing themselves in a way that they we can, uh, that we can understand, that we can kind of get and that's why I think they're so tied to areas is they can't pick up and move. They can't leave. Like, they're stuck here, and when you tear up the ground, when you cut down the forest, you're killing them. You know, that's their food source. That's them. And then, so we just, like, we did the episode on sentient mushrooms uh, a couple months back. And they, like, just past year alone, they just figured out mushrooms have some level of intelligence and in interspecies communication that we never thought. They just figured out mushrooms can count. And that's a thing that's not an animal. It's it's so weird to think about that we're now recognizing them as having some level of intelligence. You know, we just discovered raccoons could count to three like this decade. <laughs> and we just found out last year mushrooms can count to ten. Hmm. So that's my opinion, that the fey folk in the mushrooms are one and the same. And this is their way of... This is a byproduct of them existing. You know, this is their this is their feelings in a way. This is their. It's kind of hard to explain, but this is them, in just a different form. Because these these the fungal networks are these massive mats under the ground that interlocking the forest together and stuff like that. So. Okay, so how were they able to speak English? They've been so for. They can react to sound. They have been picking up human sound forever, and now we know they actually can pick some species pick up radio frequencies. So they've been listening to us as since we've been able to talk. So whether that, but if you look at fey folk and stuff like that, it's never quite right. Like when they try to talk to humans, when they try to express things, you know, it's very almost robotic and a little messed up because it's it's different it's a different life form that's just trying to convey something and that's why a lot of people just get basic emo in my opinion they get basic emotions off them and because that's there's like i you know the mushroom's not happy with the construction or whatever 
but the only thing it's like I could only this is it like anger I'm angry don't do this mm-hmm. and that's my opinion on it so it's fungus <laughs> it's all it's fungus it's all mushrooms it's all mushrooms I've screamed that a time or two Jay what are you thinking well what if the mushrooms have evolved past or not evolved but you know moved on from the emotional side of things so where they don't really express emotion express emotions to each other anymore but um in order to communicate with us when they do express it it's just that like you say that extreme manner in which like it's either all in or nothing when they're trying to communicate that way mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's not just like little doses right of it. it's very exaggerated emotions yeah it's very it's never and i think you're right it's never this this light emotion with the fae. Right, yeah. It's always extreme joy, extreme anxiety, extreme anger. Extreme fear. Extreme fear. You know, it's never it's never a soft emotion. Yeah. And that's why, like, the old legends of fae folk is, like, that's why, like, when you've seen fae parades and, you you know, when you're around them, like, people said, lay down on the ground and do not look at them. Do not engage them. Do not, because they can take stuff the wrong way, let's say. You know, where... <laughs> What are you saying? No, well, I was just gonna say there's people like that too. So I mean, it's not a, it's not a shocker. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. But when you don't even speak a language, when you're, you know, you don't, you Especially don't have vocal cords. When they're on mushrooms. Sometimes. Oh yeah, when they're on you mushrooms, that's why I react. Uh, but no, it's it's, I think it the, the there's a reason that why the last forty ish thousand years humans have associated mushrooms with the paranormal. Is because they may be a big chunk of the phenomena. They may be. So I guess that's, in my opinion, what people like you experience is the the embodiment of their emotions. That you are literally walking on their back the whole time. And which is fine. They're fine with it. I mean, that's just how they are. But that's why they react positively, negatively. You know, some species are ancient, some species are really young. You know, we talk about Bob a lot out west, and he's 45-ish thousand years old. So he's around before the Aborigines, you know, were painting. And they're the oldest, you know, written-ish language on the planet. So it's just, it's just, I think there's a lot more to the mushroom paranormal angle than a lot of people give credit. Mm-hmm. Well, that really, I mean, not that I was... Not, not that I'm wanting, I'm not wanting that. I'm, I'm saying that it takes a lot of the, of that woo that people talk about out of the picture, mm. which, which is fine. And I just think, to me it's fine. I think it's replacing it. Not, yeah, I think you're right. I just think it's. Or explaining it maybe. It's, yeah, it's not, the woo exists. Woo is real in the world. But woo is just stuff we don't understand yet. Whether it's, uh, I think every aspect of the paranormal could be explained, but it's still paranormal. It's still the stuff that's not basically explainable. Yeah. But it's still, it it's real. Yeah. So why won't it be? You know, why it's whether why why would it be any different if it's mushroom sentient ship versus fairies from another dimension? You know, it's Very all true. just as likely. 
and and the sentient mushrooms is pretty cool. Yeah, I talk to them all the time. I'm people in my neighborhood are pretty sure I'm insane because I don't mow them. Like we'll get big ones in the front yard, and I'll talk to them. Me and Jay were in the backyard last year talking to the one. <laughs> I just have this image in my head of you in your backyard and your hands and knees, you know, down just talking to one, like having a full on conversation. No, I, someone walks by, looks. And just looks away and just keeps walking by. I had my headphones in last year, and uh, I was mowing the front yard, and I put my hands on my hips like an old man, and I started talking to the one in the front yard, <laughs> asking it to grow next year, sprout two foot to the left, <laughs> uh, so it would make it easier to mow the yard. And Kurt was behind me, my neighbor. Uh, <laughs> and I'm literally hands on my hips, talking to this mushroom, like, hey, next year... Get to help help me help you. Yeah, and what I'm sure he had. We'll to, see. Kurt never said anything. He so. just went right back in his right house. in his house. Yep. He's like, oh, all right. But it's amazing, and I think you've had some amazing encounters, both uh, positively and negatively. You know, it can be extremely scary, like you've experienced, and it can be extremely wondrous too. You know, these these entities, whether they're mushrooms, whether they're interdimensional fairies. They're very alien to us. So when you get to experience them, it's just such a, a unique thing because they're so foreign to us. But I think it's more common than people give credit. Yeah, well, I hope that if this makes sense to somebody else, they have an explanation for what they've been thinking about for a long time like me. And that's a perfect segue. So if anybody listening at home has experienced something similar, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. You know, I do think this happens more than people give credit, just like Lori experienced that, mm -hmm. you know, you wanted to convince yourself, or part of yourself wanted to convince yourself it didn't happen because it's so off the wall weird. But then we look into it and we realize, no, a lot of your encounter, chunks of your encounter have happened to hundreds, if not thousands of other people in the U.S., so it, but those people just don't talk to each other. They don't get to hear that. So it's, it's very isolating. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like you get invited to Oprah to talk about these things, you know, on national TV in front of everybody. Don't happen. No, and I can't even, I can't bring this up. My kids won't listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to hear it. It, 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 it can be very isolating. So everybody at home, if you are feeling this way, if you had a similar encounter, or not even Fay folk, but if you've had a really weird encounter, please reach out to us. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Even if we don't do an interview or nothing, you know, we'd love to hear from you and help you out. Yeah, share experiences and connect dots, and it'll be fun for all of us. Mm -hmm. So, Lori, anything else to add before we kind of wrap it up here? No, though, I mean, I've had other things, but, you know, this, the, these these two things are, are my topics that, that kind of relate to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been amazing. Uh, you know how we like to end it. So on the end of three, we're going to all scream by and the outro will play. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash Crips of the Corn.com. And don't forget, stay magical.